This week we'll be talking about Wild Hearts, the new EA original and Koei Tecmo Monster Hunter rival coming out soon. Google Stadia joining its cousins in the Google graveyard. Overwatch 2 continued to introduce weird changes to make the game more of a grind. PlayStation Stars being a, quote, completely well thought out, unquote, members program. Saudi Arabia planning to spend $13 billion to acquire a leading game publisher. Skull and Bones being stuck at port yet again. Our backlog game impressions for Cyberpunk 2077, God of War, Yakuza 0, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and more on Season 6, Episode 38 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Traces, a.k.a. I be doing windmills and like a dragon for massive damage. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is here? I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Mad Dog of Shimano. Oh, oh, look at that. More Japanese. And who else? Who else is here? It's your boy, Jordan, a.k.a. J.X.Bot, a.k.a. your favorite Nice City Choom. AKA oh. one of the original members of Toho Clan, Dojo Alliance, Dojo, Do- oh, okay. Dojima, Dojima, Dojima Clan within the Toho Clan. You're expelled you from the clan. You have Toho, no, no, you have Toho, then you have Omni, which are those assholes over here. Brings the white boy. <laughs> you got the Omi Alliance the- over here. Oh, you got the Nishi family over here. Fuck the Omi Alliance. Dojima Clan, all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm here. And last up, hey, it's me, Avery. Nailed it. What set you right. up, because? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he might be watching esports right now. Is that is that the case, Avery? No, no. He oh, just he's just done with our antics. <laughs> he's like, hey, I got news to talk about. Let's hurry up. All right. Uh, now that you know who we are, Press X Start Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. If you like what we do and you are watching on YouTube, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting the notification bell. If you are listening, we would appreciate you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast service you are tuned in on. If you want to join in on our conversation, now listen up, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. So, we, we do it. We're the floodgates. We're going to do it. Join in and laugh with us, and then you can actually get all the uh, behind-the-scenes jokes that we just kind of laugh at all the time. It's, it's amazing. It's a good time. All right. Um, actually, speaking of reviews, because I've said that we're going to do this, so I'm going to start doing it. This review comes from I Love At Signs. So I think it's I Love It. It's short and simple. It's sweet. We love it. We appreciate it. The review goes, these guys are hilarious. Thank you. Uh, Easy to keep up with in gaming world news. So thank you. I love it. As you know, you can leave us more reviews and we will read it here. As long as it's uh, it's good. As long as it's good. It doesn't have to be PG-13. It doesn't. It could be rated X. (laughs) For a monetization standpoint, I would... uh, would, Yeah. I would need it to be PG-13. We'll just display it on the screen. We won't read (laughs) it. 
<laughs> it can be rated W, not A. <laughs> you two can look at my screen in the background and see five minutes of me playing the Pokemon anime. <laughs> then it can it can read <laughs> the additional words of cursing. <laughs> he has a point there. All right. Um, now that we have all that taken care of, I think it is time for us to jump into the quick hits. <laughs> Avery, you got any like preamble to this or, or should I just kind of? No, at this point, you should just be doing it. Can <laughs> you keep doing right. this? <laughs> so, normally I'm like, hey, Avery, do the quick hits thing. And he does it. It's an amazing job. But uh, for the past, like, I don't know, like three or four podcasts, it's just been a thing of like, oh, this first thing is like a video. Hey, check this out. So, um, EA Originals and Koei Tecmo released their Monster Hunter rival game called Wild Hearts. It was actually some rumors of this like maybe a couple weeks ago so they've actually did a pretty good job of keeping this like pretty much closed down so no one knew this was coming it looks pretty interesting i'm gonna go ahead and just play the uh i'm gonna play the trailer so it is definitely muted because no one should be able to hear it so we don't get a copyright strike because those things are a pain but um wild hearts is developed by omega force which is the um they make the dynasty warriors games mm. so this is actually a big step from them doing a monster hunter game versus like the normal Musou kind of thing i haven't played their games in a very long time so i don't know how it's evolved to current time avery have you spent any time in the recent dynasty warrior games uh i have played of the last five or six years, I played the Hyrule Warriors games. I didn't play the sequel to that. I played the Persona 5 Strikers version. Mm-hmm. I also dabbled for a couple of minutes in the Fire Emblem one. I think yeah. the the Dynasty Warriors formula is solid. And when they lean into the franchise that they're basing it on, it really thinks. However, sometimes yeah. it just feels off. Like, I like Persona 5 Strikers. That's because I like the Persona part of it. I think mm. the translation of a Persona 5 aesthetic and world onto a Musou game isn't that fun. Because it's literally you, you running from room to room finding enemies instead of being mm, like the other right. Musou games, which is like, I here's a big field of enemies. Let you navigate to find each engagement. Instead, it's like, we're trying to make Persona dungeons. So I guess we put 10 enemies in this room, but like a Persona dungeon, you need to navigate to that room. And that's pretty boring that being said they're fun and solid and i enjoy playing them okay yeah so in this trailer you see a couple things that makes it unique from monster hunter as in this like building kind of aesthetic that's happening it the world itself is like kind of like a mystic kind of japanese aesthetic but then you have this cool build mechanic that is going to set it apart for monster hunter it looks really cool um as you saw earlier in the trailer is going to be a Third, uh, three person team game kind of thing instead of four because Monster Hunter did four, right? Hmm? That was right. It was, it was three. What do you mean? Uh, you could play in a team of uh, yes. four or yes. four. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this is going the the Destiny route. That's what I every time I see like three person team. I think Destiny. Um, yeah. This it looks really interesting. I think this is a good showing for the first trailer. It shows a lot of things you can do in the game. Um, and then I think the the biggest thing to this is that this is actually coming out in February, February seventeenth. 
So this is actually really, really, really quick. What's the uh, point of building? Is it like is there like a siege component of it? Like are you gonna? It's like it's like a horde mode. Like, we don't why, have why do you full. The, I it's I as far as I can tell, it's not building in the. Oh, I need to build a building as in Fortnite. It seems to be instead of you carrying around like items like in a monster hunter it's like okay i'm just going to build this trap here and build yeah. this trap there i think the idea is it's going to be pre-built objects to use in battle instead of a more creative build anything you want situation exactly it, it, yeah. i think it's just a animation that justifies the the, the items you're bringing into battle so mm-hmm. in the trailer you saw like a kind of makeshift wooden bomb thing that had like little spikes that would like click in oh, timers yeah. yeah um and then there was also a um it's like a wooden pillar that comes up and if you you climb up to the top you can grab the little item in the top and it's like a little parachute not parachute like a glider that you can mm. use to get higher up so i mean it's really cool ideas uh i think we're gonna see more of this either this week or soon so that's going to be cool. I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for that. I mean, I'm interested in this. I think we, because most of us played Monster Hunter World when it came out a couple of years ago, and we all had a good time with it. I think for I me... played my, it less than an hour. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I do not like Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, I, I enjoyed it. I think my my issue with it when I played it was the controls. It was very complicated, but of, that's again, the issue like, with every game. No, no. I, I like complexity when it comes to controls. I just think that it's give and take. Critic, 90% of your criticism are, I don't like this gameplay. <laughs> no, no, that's true. That's true. But I think when it comes to controls, I am, I'm not, I'm not flexible when it comes to that. So like when certain things don't work and I can't remap the controls, that bothers me. And I think... So you're not adaptable? Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends. It mm-hmm. depends. Um, I was doing a bit. I didn't really care about this criticism. No. <laughs> <laughs> on, I love Avery's honesty. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, like I, I'm just I'm saying all this to say that Monster Hunter. I understood that I came into that game with it being years of yeah. uh, you know, you know an established style. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I'm, I'll be interested to see how this game works and how it controls and stuff. So I'll keep my head up for this. All right. Uh, that was number one. Avery, what's number two? I'm actually doing my job again. Cool. Yes. Let's do it. Earth Story is from The Verge and pretty much every news outlet. But I'm reading from The Verge. I'm reading from Jay Peters and Alex Kranz. Google Stadia is shutting down. Google is refunding all Stadia purchases, hardware, software, and DLC. Members of the Stadia team will be carrying this work forward in other departments at Google. So it's pretty much them saying, hey, we're shutting down the group, but no one for the most part is getting fired. And we're going to make sure that anyone who spent money on us who wants it is getting their money back. There's also, I have a couple of uh, addendums to the story. Uh, one is from Kotaku, uh, one is from VGC, and one is from IGN. So the three horsemen of my news to coverage. Uh, the VGC story is Ubisoft, Bungie, and IO confirmed Stadia salvage plans. Is that from Andy Robinson? This is pretty much uh, some of the bigger uh, supporters of Stadia realizing that this is going to fuck our, our very small customer base on that. So we're going to see if we can't do things to make a transition going forward. Uh, mm. In regards to games like Destiny, where Destiny is built in such a way that I'm not necessarily sure 
how that works with Destiny's uh, cross-progressive system should easily mitigate this. That being said, there could be other issues going forward in terms of like currency and such like that. The uh, Kotaku stories is game devs and Sadie employees alike were blindsided by the sudden shutdown, which is the equivalent of most of the people who worked on or with Stadia found out it got shut down the day it got shut down. This wasn't a uh, thing where we're going to wind down things. This is a thing. There were multiple developers who were actively like, oh, we had a Stadia launch this Thursday. Stadia uh, ended on the Wednesday. Bundy has also openly talked about how they were using Stadia as a work from home uh, in between, and it allowed them to build their games with Mm. ease wherever people in the company were. So we'll see what's going forward with that. It's not going away completely, just the customer facing side of it. The technology they said they're still going to use in the background for various things. Yes, but that's a situation where I'm Google. I'm going to now charge you. money for this so this is very much a situation where if i'm bungie i go to playstation and say hey this service that we were using we also have a cloud-based service in our repertoire is it a way for us to reconfigure elements of that for dev Mm. which will probably be a good idea and then the final story from my free horseman is that this is the it's it's very telling of what Stadia is as a brand. This is from uh, George Yang. Google reportedly passed on a Stadia exclusive follow up to Death Stranding, which mm. this is hilarious. <laughs> I don't right. understand. Like, that that have been a killer app. Exactly. That's why I find it hilarious. But Avery, you you go. No, ahead my 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 only confusion is that like, what do you mean by follow up to Death Stranding? Because all of my knowledge of the Death Stranding IP indicates that it is a Sony owned and controlled IP. So how could Google then go to publish a spin-off de- uh, the Death Stranding? Like Google couldn't have published a Death Stranding too, if that makes sense. I, I think it um, was. I think this article title is kind of misleading because I think it was just a Kojima game, right? Not a remember, like, remember, spin-off okay. to Death okay. Stranding. That makes sense. That Kojima, makes sense. Yeah. Kojima is a partnering of Xbox for a cloud game themselves. I wonder if this may have been the same one they were discussing. Oh, that, that, I didn't even think about that. So, wait, say it again. Kojima was partnering with Xbox Cloud Services for a game that's been oh, yeah, 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 yeah. for like quite yeah. some time now. Oh, he but just probably shifted was... it over there. I don't, I that don't lines know. up. That makes sense. I did not but think yeah. about that. Uh, Google Stadia is uh, uh, shutting down. Rip Bozo. Who who would have seen this coming? Everyone. It was a false <laughs> platform from the very beginning. Shout out to Sean for being its one supporter out of a million. <laughs> Apparently, I'm gonna get back uh, about 157 for that founders bundle. Oh, and that's good. Twenty dollars for that Google Claw, that, that there, controller there were, claw attachment. There were some other articles I was talking about. Google was blaming Xbox, or at least attributed like cloud, Xbox's cloud services, like as a competitor that may have led to the increased competition in that. Then market. come harder. Um, phrasing. I mean, they have yeah, exactly. that is, like that, that, like that is bull like. I saw those articles as well. I didn't pull them because it's like but you it don't need, saying that. Yeah, I know, but you don't have to be a video game analyst to recognize where Google went wrong with mm-hmm. Stadia. It's like one, you launched pre-pandemic, which pretty much meant the main audience for cloud-based gaming disappeared out of the ether it when is. people didn't need to leave their house, which means if I don't need to leave my house, why am I paying for a cloud service to, mm-hmm. when I have a console? which will play the games better. B, they didn't have their own original games to the Hideo right. uh, Kojima point. Like, there was nothing unique beyond the promise of the service. They uh, killed to, their first party studio. Yeah, 
to bring people to the service. Three, they didn't launch with the majority of their highly touted features. The YouTube mm-hmm. integration, which was the like killer thing that one like even gotten me to be like, okay, this is super interesting. Didn't yep, even come with cool it. Too. And then yeah. four, the line of the games they had, you could get on other systems yeah. and yeah. they didn't I hate subscription services. I think they're bad. But even then, like you can't get me to buy X game for the third time on this cloud service when, hey, mm-hmm. lo and behold, it disappeared and that game disappeared with it too. So it's yeah. like... And their messaging was unclear because a lot of people thought you needed a subscription to use the service at all. Right. Yeah. And there, there was no real incentive to getting a game on Stadia versus getting the game... I never purchased anything other than a, I think I purchased Killer Queen Black. Okay, yeah. But that's only because you can only play that in certain arcades across the U.S., yeah. so this was the first yeah. time that's you could play it at home, so to speak. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Avery said it best. Like, I, I, got, I got nothing to say for this. This is one of those things that Google Stadia existed for like three years, right? Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Okay. The writing's on the tea leaves for like the first year of the service. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's. I will applaud Before Google. Launched, not, yeah, uh, I will applaud Google for not immediately pulling the plug, but it is what it is. It's okay. hilarious being on the subreddits, and there were people just like not trying to accept that it was a possibility. I, I wonder. I wonder what happens to. I mean, Luna is another one, but mm-hmm. what. Amazon did was bundle Luna with Prime. So I think Google, yeah. they, just didn't, they just didn't bundle it with something else to really propel it forward. It was just so dependent on this. They its also essence. tried to come. Do you use with- Google Chrome? You can get Google Stadia if you use Google Chrome. Nice. I use, I use Google Drive too. Huh. <laughs> there you go. A- Apple has Apple Arcade where you're paying like $5 a month. Google put more money behind their Play Pass for gaming for your mobile games than they did Stadia. So they were kind of all over the place Shoot with their. Yeah, messaging. Well, yeah, Google is like very, it's very clear from a departmental standpoint that no one at Google talks to each other. Because yeah, like, yes. I, mm. I, I'm sitting here watching the grand exodus of Twitch creators to YouTube gaming, which, while it has its benefits, is a worse uh, platform than Twitch, despite all the conflict that Twitch is going through right now. Yeah. And the only reason they're really moving is because of the bag. But like the most yeah. touted features of this, like, if I'm the head of YouTube gaming, I'm like, hey, Google and uh, Google Stadia, get that shit rolling quicker because nothing would be more of an incentive to switch over from Twitch oh would be God. the idea that like, oh man, my favorite content creator, Foosley, is playing Valorant right now. Oh, <laughs> I can, uh, on, yeah. uh, 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 not even on Stadia. Oh, I can buy Valorant from like things like that. Mm, while yeah, I'm watching, I his can play stream. Valorant right now. After yeah, like that would be so incredible. But there's no, no waiting for it to download. It just loads up. Yo, know, they yeah. they drop the bag. Yeah, oh, man. But, I'm, but I'm not a marketing genius. In fact, I am awful. If I, I was a marketing genius, just the man, we would all be we would only be seeing Devil May Cry games. That's it. <laughs> Uh, and the occasional Parasite Eve to make Sean happy. <laughs> no, I wouldn't wait for resources on Parasite Eve. I played the, I played the third birthday on my phone. It's I'm not, not the same thing you... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to our next story. This is from uh, the uh, PC Gamer. This is from Tyler Culp. Uh, new Overwatch 2 accounts have to unlock old Heroes 2. 
So, in my world of being super excited for Overwatch 2, I, once again, I'm being hit in the face, uh, cold <laughs> cock, if you will, with really weird news that indicates to me that any excitement for this game going free-to-play was not a smart idea, mm -hmm. and Overwatch 2 probably would have benefited from just launching like Overwatch 1 and having the exact mm -hmm. same uh, uh, model. But who Lock it at $40 or some it's shit. It's going to be great on Game Pass. The yeah, that's actually the, very true. The okay, so the the there are two points of news. One, uh, Overwatch Two is launching a first-time user experience, an FTUE, if you will, and that experience is when you load up the game, it's only going to come with a limited hero pool and most of its core features not unlocked. So you're getting less content than people at Overwatch One got at launch. There, uh. Their reasoning is that Overwatch 1 had bloated to such a high level that there was a paralysis of choice. It's overwhelming for new people. And I would say that is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, yeah, they revealed that if you want the full features of Overwatch 1, you need to grind up to about 100 games, which translates to about couple over days. Four, a couple of days, over at least I think 40 hours of gameplay, I believe. Yeah, I think Not... It's not great unless you're like me, Marcus. Mm. Uh, I think Sean as well, uh, DJ as well, who own Overwatch One, where this isn't even a thing we're gonna even have to deal with. But it pretty no. much means that playing People like me, it's going, it, yeah, it's you're going to get a nerfed experience, and you're going to be the test case of whether this was a smart decision. I'm be, I I'm, wonder. I'm being, wait, I'm being voluntold. Am I? Am I being thrown to District <laughs> Eleven over here? <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if this oddly made sales of Overwatch One surge, so people yeah. could 100. Like I usually give free-to-play games a pass when they sell a premium version of the game outright. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on the game. There's an Apex Collector's Edition where at this point, if you buy it, has so much fucking value in it that it's like it's a no-brainer if you're a brand new player to Apex to spend the sixty dollars on this. But this mm -hmm. is one of those things where the, the watch point pass is like. It's like the battle pass of the first season, like a couple of brand new skins. It's like $40 and it circumvents all this shit on there. And it's like, mm. like this is, I think it's bad. Yes, totally agree. Uh, like, okay. Okay. No, you, you can do it. Oh, um, yeah, this is just a really bad look for a game that a lot of people were excited for. It's one of those things where I think the reason behind this is they understand how big Overwatch two is going to be or they understand how big it should how, be yeah yeah they, that's what they think it's, it's going to be a big thing so they are trying to correct the financial mistake of giving people so many characters from overwatch one so they're trying to make it more of a monetization thing and i think we as gamers are you know we're educated enough to to kind of see through that and it's like no this is a bad look like Another thing, too, is I, I forget where I heard this from, but like when it comes to content and content strategy and stuff, like whenever you give your audience something, you have to make sure that that one thing you give them, you don't take away in the future. Because yeah. if you do that, it will convince them that, oh, you're taking stuff away from me. Like, I'm not going to support you anymore because you're taking stuff away from me. So for them to make this move, you know, they're not dumb. They they have really smart marketing people. They have, you know, really smart developers. And, and like, they're smart people over there. So they must be really confident that like, yeah, we're going to take the stuff away from people, but it's going to be fine in the long run. And I'm I'm really interested to see 
what happens with Overwatch 2 in the long run? Because I think another thing to consider is that the first-person shooter strategy, whatever market is, completely different now compared to when Overwatch 1 came out. So they're going to have a lot more competition from Jump than what they did for Overwatch 1. Uh, hero shooters? Yeah. Well, hero shooters. It's weird. Uh, early reviews for Overwatch 2 are starting to come out, and the consensus is, oh, man, it's Overwatch. It's great. It's yeah. fun. But the grindy aspect of it being games of service is not great, which there are two ways this game is going to go. Because, like, the massive success Overwatch 1 hype is never going to happen. Like, th- that ship has sailed, and too much time has passed in between yeah. this game's announcement and this game to play to have those things. It's very apparent that it got massive views when it was first announced for Twitch, and then immediately hit like like a million players or some million views or some bullshit like something unnecessarily high and then immediately dropped down to its normal uh, popularity average on the platform which indicates to me sort of how the community views this game it's either going to be a solid game that's going to be able to sustain itself as a first person shooter and grandfathered into the xbox game pass system microsoft is just going to keep pump- pumping money into it so they can have the feather on the cap of we also have overwatch on our platform or it could go the way of Halo Infinite and stick with me here is that they're releasing their uh, their multiplayer suite first, and then its single player oh. will come out next year. And yeah. with all the changes to Overwatch Two, the only thing that makes it Overwatch Two is that single player, which we're not getting till next year. So mm-hmm. while I'm confident that they have thought out their content strategy and rollout and like things that we are going to get as the game rolls out over the next couple of seasons whether it will be able to sustain that level of excitement until the story mode essentially drops, we'll see. Yeah. And I think another thing to consider is that they have to go really heavy on the monetization scheme for the multiplayer because how are you going to monetize the single-player content unless it's you need these characters to play the game? But Yeah, that just wouldn't feel or good. They, so they just charge for the single-player. Well, that's, 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 like a flat rate or like $40 or something. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, that's, oh, that's that would be that would feel so grimy. Well, no, that's my big issue right now. D- also, bringing up Halo Infinite is the idea that okay, I don't think there's really been talked about if they're charging for the single player as its own suite, or is it just going to be wrapped into the free to play nature of the game? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's gonna be. Or you need. Like you said, like with Halo Infinite, it was like if you had Game Pass, you had access to the single player. If you didn't have Game Pass, you had the option to buy the single player. That could be I like, think, you know, Overwatch. If you have Game Pass, you get the single I think player for free. The or, big issue or, with the big issue with that is Halo, you're not playing it on any other console other than Xbox, or you're playing it PC. Overwatch is on every other platform mm-hmm. and uh, I think Xbox is probably next to Switch, one of the smaller platforms. So like you get that disconnect of you can play it on Game Pass. I don't have a Game Pass machine. Overwatch is a multiplayer suite. I don't think uh, just getting Game Pass so I can play it xCloud version is the smart play in the play anyone wants to make. So it's, it's I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah uh, it's it's a curious decision that eventually is going to have to happen with that going forward. Let's is there going to be cross progression? Yeah, Overwatch, I believe between so. Overwatch One and Overwatch Two, yes. Between every versions of Overwatch, I'm not sure. I think they've talked about that in the past, but don't quote me on like you being able to pick up a Switch copy of Overwatch and then have all your content from your, your PS PS yeah. yeah. Isn't there? I thought there was cross progression for Overwatch One. There is cross progression between Overwatch One because okay, when, okay. 
uh, I turn on Overwatch 2, the fourth, I'm going to have all my shit from Overwatch. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, let's say you got Game Pass and you unlock all the characters, quote unquote, and you go to PlayStation to play your copy. Like like sharing your account between devices. Yeah. Right. That's what Destiny does. Well, well, the difference between Destiny is that, like, there's not a, for the most part, an actual paywall of, like, content to go forward. If Mm -hmm. I'm Xbox, I don't know. Because if I'm Xbox and I'm making the PR move, I'm like, who gives a shit? Just give it out for free. I'm Xbox trying to keep this game alive and keep our services alive. I don't make that move. We'll see. We'll yeah. see uh, in two days. Yeah. Uh, okay, so our next story is from VGC. It's from Chris Scullion. PlayStation is giving top stars members priority in customer support. Uh, players what are criticizing that? the move, which implies other users will get poorer service. This is, before we go into this, this is one of those. I get it. Here's the thing. This is one of those headlines. I read it. I'm like, huh, I wonder what this better customer service is. Are they actually doing anything new? Are they giving you more features? No, they're just moving you up further in a queue, which to me is, is like, we're finding. Sh- we're, Play the Stars already has a bad name, and I agree with it. It's, mm. it's not a great service. Terrible name. The name is an issue. It's the actual NFTs of the service that's like an issue that, that has to be dealt with. But this. Part of the branding, I don't see as an issue, and I think it's people making a m- mountain out of a molehill, and it will quickly yeah. pass over. This is the norm in every other industry. Exactly. You, it sounds effed up at first, but then I thought about it as you were talking about. I'm like, I, um, if you go to the movies, you got AMC A list. You can skip the line to go to the concession stand. If you go, you, you go to a you go to a amusement no, park, no, you buy an airline. There, I'm, there's, I'm, there's difference. I'm, I'm gonna there's have difference. to disagree with that. Yeah, DJ, you go first. Oh, no, you, you go for it. You, I, right. I've, I've talked a good amount. Well, I mean, like, so I've had a good experience with PlayStation's customer service. There was mm-hmm. an incident I had about a couple years ago to which my account was hacked and somebody used it to purchase Last of Us Part Two and Miles Morales. I do Did not you like, like it? No, well, like, like I do not like having my financial information. No, no, no. I mean, did you actually play the game? I thought it was on the podcast before. It shit was, I mean, like, it's like, don't, no. Like, I, I, I recently bought them, like, no. Like, don't take my shit. I called yeah. PlayStation up. They rectified it immediately. Like, they, they gave my money back and boom, because I, I played zero minutes of it and they could tell what was going on. So, like, this, you know, reputation of PlayStation's um, customer service being terrible, I can't speak for yeah. myself. I think it was that was a good experience. My thing is, I spent five hundred dollars on a PS Five. Mm-hmm. I buy PlayStation Plus. I bought many applications on my PlayStation. How much more money do I need to spend to have a baseline customer service treatment? Well, like, like it, it just it just feels like if you add another layer, you're forcing me to pay. Like like okay, so I own a Toyota. I own a Scion. And I need to get a service. There are many different types of Scions. There, there, sorry, there, there are many different types of Toyotas, Lexus, and all that. Mm-hmm. We all go to the same service station. Yeah. There is no feature or, like, if, if, if I show up there, there is no, like, secondary premium members type thing because we are all... That you know of. Yeah, know of. <laughs> but for the most part, we're all treated the same. <laughs> but for, for the most part, we are all treated the same. Like, this customer service, I had to spend more money to get my issues rectified. Okay. doesn't oh, seem oh, oh, oh. Okay. right. Okay, one, I think, for the most part, you are going for the 
worst scenario. I want to point out that okay. this yeah. SARS is only in Japan right now, in Asia, mm -hmm. and people aren't even like really like getting into the nitty gritty of what this means beyond just lines in the queue. Uh, you just gave us a baseline of service. Jordan, I had your exact same uh, experience with my PlayStation account about two years ago when someone took it to play Fortnite, bought a whole bunch of shit with Fortnite. I still have I it. That. My shit got solved. It took about a couple of days. That's because it happened right. over the weekend, so I'm not expecting someone at PlayStation around, to be yeah. up like mm -hmm. and to deal with that. But as far as I can tell, that is the baseline, and I didn't even have to wait for much time. Right. If we're going at the idea the customer service is like at that level going forward, I don't necessarily see what is the big deal, especially when a power user is having an issue. Like it's, I get like, I spend an ungodly amount of money on PlayStation because it's my yeah. primary platform. If I'm having an issue and they have to take one of two calls at a certain time, it makes sense to take the person who's, spending the most amount of time and effort on the platform over the other. I get where if we were existing in a PlayStation ecosystem where uh, getting on hold of customer service was a 10 hour wait and someone yeah. was able to skip to the front of the line, I'd be pissed. But we're living in a situation where either it's immediate or at the very least, 30 to 45 minutes. This is one of those things where when they release in America, we're definitely going to have to see how this affects their customer service situation in regards to time but in the current build of customer service that we exist in now it shouldn't be an issue well if they employ the technology of like um setting up the customer service to which it is need like based on need like a need mm -hmm. is a person that spends more time on playstation able to mark that down they're able to determine how much of time they spend on applications number of trophies like having that type of need based customer service i'm cool with that and to your original point, yeah, this is only Japan. We do not know what it looks like in the United States just yet. But this does seem to be like, all right, they are equating need by how much people are spending in terms of monetary, like money via this star service. I would love like that. That would be very smart if they did it by a need based system. That is well, it, it, it's, it, it's good for both us and them. But it, if there's a monetary behind it, then that's what I'm like. Eh, it it is like here's the thing. It is it is both of those things. Yeah. Like the yeah. way Places of Stars works is it's a tier list, and you can increase your tier list by a spending money, aka mm -hmm. I'm buying a lot of PlayStation games, or spending time and getting a lot of trophies. As far as I can tell from what we've been released and what at least what this article talks about, those are two avenues. It's just it's faster to level up with money than it is to earn trophies especially when we live in an ecosystem where i can buy my name is mayo and get a platinum trophy in 30 seconds right i thought that was a euphemism for white man but um jordan let me equate it like this and i don't think you'll feel offended at their proposed level of service i don't know who your cell phone provider is or your cable provider is uh, but me you dj avery we are residential customers quote unquote they have commercial customers mm -hmm who get better service than us because they have a service level agreement and they just pay a certain amount of money. And I don't think we fret over them having priority over us because they're spending X amount of dollars and, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, we have a example of that right now. If you look at like, for example, IGN or GameSpot or like, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of service, like, if they call a PlayStation with a problem, PlayStation is going to answer almost immediately versus they might put, not might, they will put that, us on That's hold. a commercial level yeah. 
Right. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, I think I don't like this from the from the side of the idea of okay, these people are more important. Like I, when you got they a are need based thing, <laughs> you are more not not necessarily. I mean, because like the thing is, okay. Uh, are you going to give whole, more whole... support to somebody that's going to spend X amount of dollars with you or somebody who's barely spending any money? This is like a strip club. This is becoming a, a normative subjective argument here. Like, yes, they have the yeah. ability to do so, but there will be customer feedback. I would not want to patronize your businesses. As a, as a person who's supported PlayStation for a very long time, I've had the pleasure of never having to call PlayStation support, right? Mm-hmm. Because... I usually will find a solution before I get to the point of like, well, I guess you got to call PlayStation. So, you know, for me, it's like, man, this would suck if like, because I don't have any experience with the actual support. I don't know how long the wait times are, that stuff. I'm just kind of going off of what you guys are saying, which doesn't seem bad. So like, if the wait times are like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, that's fine. If this program doesn't change that, that's fine. But if this program Mm -hmm. ends up putting 20 extra minutes 30 extra minutes on because a bunch of people like something happened with the playstation network so a bunch of people are calling playstation network so you have a mixture of uh stars that, people that's not the only way to contact them people though. huh that's not the only way to contact them though and they may well, I'm, hire- just saying, I'm just saying i'm just giving an example <laughs> of like people who are calling customer service you know with a question and then you have a thing where it's like the star people are in front. And then that actually gets to the weird thing is like, okay, well, if the star people are in front, like, what's the order of those people? Whatever. That's another rabbit hole. But like, to me, it would feel bad for a kid who wants to play, I don't know, fucking Fortnite or something on their PlayStation. They can't. Now they're sitting in the line waiting for like two hours. Just to, This like, is going to be an up, invisible right? thing that's not even going to affect you. It's exactly. not going to be like you're on the phone. It's not, well, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it's, it'll be very difficult to track. I'll, I'll tell you that. Just knowing this, if I ever run into a six-hour raid, it's like, should have got stars. <laughs> 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 Here's the thing: A stars is a free program. You can sign yeah, up at all right. time. And yeah, if you're right. like a DJ in your case, you're always on your PlayStation. You're always buying stuff on your PlayStation. It's not gonna you, bother me at all. Like this is, this is that quote unquote a benefit to you as a exactly. situation. Like here's the thing: uh, no cap. I wish it with all the bullshit of stars, and I hate the NFT part of it. Of it is not even Shu can sell me on it. Uh, I wish they'd had this program when buying the PlayStation 5 was a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, because that, like, would, that would be smart. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, there's also a, a minor bit of Stars news that came out and confirmed that you are getting PlayStation credit as well for Stars. Uh, so, yeah. like, you were earning credit to the store and things like that. So it isn't just the fungible tokens and the uh, tier four. <laughs> you get a mountable less time when it comes to customer support. I can't wait to get my 70 cents for spending $70 on God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you gave atreus a hug here's a star <laughs> all right um does anyone else have anything else to say about the immaculate playstation stars program now nah, we can move on i'm belaboring my point all right well be- before we move on to saudi arabia doing some saudi things is that a is that appropriate well, i mean uh, yes yeah, i think okay. it's fine i, you, I don't okay. think they're in bad taste <laughs> Okay, cool, cool, cool. As long as you're not calling them Saudis, then I think you're yeah. fine. 
Okay. All right, cool, cool. Nailed it. Well, uh, hey, listener, if you are watching us or listening to us and you're enjoying the content so far, we ask that you do two things. Well, actually, one. You can do the two things. That'd be great. But if you're watching us, please like the video, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. We need you to do those three things to keep us going. The other thing you can do is uh, if you're listening to us, you can leave a review and maybe that review would get read on our podcast. So we ask for your help and you will uh, you will do it because you're under our spell of mind control. Yeah, go watch Focus Focus. Anyway, next door. <laughs> Avery? Oh, yeah, we're back. Cool beans. <laughs> uh, yeah, so our next story is from VGC. This is from Andy Robinson. Saudi Arabia says it will spend $13 billion to acquire a leading gaming publisher. Uh, the country's savvy games group claims it will invest a further $37.8 billion in the games industry. Crazy, B. Yeah. Yeah. So, games what's everyone's guess? That's crazy. I'm going to say PlayStation. <laughs> uh, no, wow, no. You can't, they can't. They have to buy Sony proper. And they're not buying yeah, Sony yeah. proper for thirty-eight billion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like oh, people are man. people are just trying their best to speculate which one is it. Yeah. By doing yeah. the background math, but when it comes to these type of acquisitions, there's a lot of bidding war behind it. So yeah. whatever publisher they they decide to buy, remember before the acquisition um, Blizzard proposed acquisition by Microsoft. Activision went on um, record by saying we marketed ourselves to Amazon, marketed ourselves to Meta, marketed ourselves to Sony at one point. So, like, there's a bidding process associated with it to which shareholders are going to expect a certain amount of return for the current shares that they have. So if it can appreciate to, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent more than what they purchased those shares for, they're making their money back in terms of who. No, I mean, you can only guess. I mean, we kind of rolled out EA and take two because those are like a 20, 30 billion dollar range. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about what, like um, Square. Square at one point, yeah, possibly Square. Ubi, yeah. even though they have a market cap. Ubi is like a four, like a four point something billion dollar market cap. A Square like is a five billion dollar market cap where it is currently. That can appreciate over time within a bidding war. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Hey, and, and also we talked about, you know, Saudi Arabia is a theocracy. Like they are a theocratic government with a long list of documented human rights issues uh, documented by yep. official third party um, organizations, be it Human Rights Watch. So complain about crunch and development now. Shit. Well, I mean, like it's 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 all about expression by developers, right? Like like the content of their work and, ha- and that having any potential impact by uh, the Saudi Arabian government, which is behind the digital entity uh, that intends to make this purchase. So. I definitely don't think that whoever they buy, it's going to dramatically change no, the output can't. of that publisher it, game. The like, minute it does, the value of what they bought, and they bought it because this is a new oil rush to them. If yeah, they bought it yeah. for its value. They're not going to actively do anything, which is right. very hypocritical, to alter yeah. the values of the companies they make. Because guess what? If people start talking shit about your company uh, from behind the scenes, and your games start coming out, and they're not fucking immaculate, then suddenly that... 13 billion you spent it starts shit. looking like a 7.8 billion loss. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's because I'm, I'm not trying to say there, there's official, well, there, there, there is some precedent in a government 
you know, being involved with video game purchases or government being involved with censorship in general. Like the reason behind ESRB was like this consolidated effort between all gaming companies to, you know, not not censor their games, but have an official system that protects consumers. And this is back in the nineties. Yeah. So I do not want Saudi Arabia to have like their government having any impact on the content of whatever game comes out. But it's hard to say there's any limiters that prevent that. I mean, like, yeah, we can say that it will be a negative effect by us consumers by not buying it, but there's very little barriers for them to that, do it in the first place, which is my concern. Us being limiters of buying it's not going to happen. If they buy a big publisher and the big publisher just never talks about being owned by Saudi Arabia and the only people who mention it being Saudi Arabia are video games journalists who only reach maybe a tenth yeah. of the audience, it's not going to change any sales whatsoever. Yeah. Like people yeah. are going to buy, if it's like, I'm making up fucking things to just prove a point. People are going to buy a Call of Duty to buy a Call of Duty. Like it could be made by the worst person in the world and like dudes in their mom's basement who buy one game a year are just going to buy Call of Duty. Uh, to Jordan's point, yeah, it's 100% a real thing that if they're Saudi controlled, that there is a level of control that Saudi could put on their games. I'm operating under the logic that mm-hmm. if there's any control, it's in their own country. It's that, hey, we won't mm-hmm. see, like, hey, this game is featuring yeah. uh, Muslim women actually, uh, it's... The portrayal uh, of women in general. Would be yeah, I mean, just, well, I'm just, just trying to use the correct word, because I, 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 mm-hmm. I learned this word recently. It's haram. Like, it, it's like, we've got Muslim w- women acting haram. That, that won't, probably won't show up in Saudi Arabia, but yeah. in everywhere else, that will be fine. And like, right. the best thing they could do, I don't want this purchase to go through. I'm, I'm of the mindset with Jordan that Saudi Arabia has way too many skeletons in their closet to be allowed to do anything in the wider world without cleaning that shit out. And it was yep. never going to happen because, hey, they make a lot of money selling oil and everyone likes to get that oil. This is just yep. them trying to create another uh, codependency with the rest of the world, which is going to be harder because video games are luxury and it's a whole, it's a whole can of worms. <laughs> Long story being short, <laughs> if the purchase happens, I, I ultimately don't think anything's going to happen beyond, mm-hmm. and this is the only upside, is that, okay, Whatever publisher this is, it's going to get an influx of cash to start doing shit. Yep. Yeah. What's your guess? What's everyone's guess? Mine's is uh, uh, Square. Mine is Ubisoft. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Square or Ubisoft. It's going to be one hell yeah. of a bidding war. Yeah. I did hear talks of... E- uh, well, Sean, what's your guess? Riot Games. Right. Riot owned by Tencent? That is impossible. Uh- <laughs> As well, we know, they just buy ten cent <laughs> <laughs> at, at thirty at thirty eight billion. That is impossible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imagine, yeah. But yeah, like, um, hey, listener, if you're listening, you're like, why is Saudi Arabia getting into the games business? As Avery said, like, yeah, it's because they're trying to get another foothold into the world economy, and they see that games is a growing bigger, bigger, and bigger each year. And it's the same thing with Google as to why they started Google Stadia, but. Uh, the other thing you have to consider is that, you know, oil was a big thing for them, but because there is a push for, you know, electric vehicles and all that stuff, they see the tea leaves and understand that oil's not going to be a big thing for them in the future. So they have mm-hmm. to kind of They've already started investing in uh, electric infrastructure as well. See, there you go. So, like, you know, they're they're smart about their money, so they're trying to put their money in somewhere else that they think is going to be more profitable for them. And that's Ultimately, why I don't think they are in this to make games. They're in this to invest. And like you can see that in the title of this article where they're saying, yeah, they plan on investing uh, Mm -hmm. what, like 37 billion or whatever. So it's not a thing of like, oh, yeah, we want to make games, too, of our crown prince doing 
things like Prince of Persia. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So we'll see. Uh, well, actually, we won't see because it's going to be a thing of they bought them. We're going to see like, oh, OK, well, I guess yeah, they, Final they Fantasy they, they currently is going to be weird. Other, I'm, I'm not sure if they currently they, they, own or they have a majority interest in certain other game companies. Yeah. And we have not seen any decisions. Right. Peter down. Yep. OK. And our final story. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart, and I'm ready to <laughs> reopen this litigation again. So get your talking points ready, Donald. Uh, this is from Kotaku.com. This is Ethan Gotch. Ubisoft's big 2022 pirate blockbuster delayed yet again. Lo and behold, Skull and Bones delayed. Who would have thought? For our audio listeners, uh, Avery just popped open a giant uh, thing of water. Just laying, just laying back. <laughs> Waiting for Donald to explain his way out this bullshit. Well, no, 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 no. For clarification, <laughs> Donald capes like I don't use this term lightly. Donald caped for this game so hard he's not <laughs> going to buy it. He has no interest in it, but he's like, oh man, everything about this is great. He put it on his fantasy grip. Like at first, I was like, oh no, he put it on the fantasy grip. So he's trying to he's huffing the copium. But at a certain point, I was like, the, these arguments are getting to a point where he's like. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we've been podcasting for a long time, you know, and then uh, there's times where you see like, oh, there's a potential of making this really good content. And, you know, when you when you have those opportunities, you kind of just have to lean into it. So sometimes it means playing the villain. Sometimes it means playing the Ubisoft Skull and Bones supporter. Shut up. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm glad for a delay because I think with the beta, you know, Sean played it. He had his issues. They needed to push the game. They needed to push the game and they needed to, you know, make some decisions because it's about a six month delay. About a six month delay. It's been delayed to the end of this fiscal year. Yes. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so long. So if, if there's any delay was happening, so this is not a delay that well, we need polishing. This is a delay that we still need this game to come out at a date. This is how much time we're giving you. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, you know, it, I, what I said in the Discord chat, and you could be a, a listener, you could be a part of that Discord chat if you join our Discord at pressxover2start.com slash Discord. As I said in that chat, um, I'll just be interested to see what the final game looks like at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised this game is being delayed. I think yeah, not... my original thoughts about this game being released because they have contractual agreements that just have to be dealt with. I still think it's true. I still think the game is a flawed decision that it's coming into a marketplace where there's already a better version of the game existing, which is a weird statement to say about Sea of Thieves. <laughs> I, you know, you never know. There's a possibility of this being a contender for Game of the Year next year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'll make a point that for all of Donald's caping, I recently looked at our fantasy draft. He took Felon Brown's off it. I'm like, he took it off because he took it off because it got delayed. But I'm, <laughs> but I think he took it off because it's like, oh, this is not this game is not going to be great. I, I thought, Avery. I thought, Avery. Avery, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. You should know I took it off not because it got delayed. <laughs> I made that drop before the news happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess you know that kind of works out. I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt to save yourself. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, all right. Um, 
Well, I, I think that has been another fantastic quick hits. Uh, before we get into our backlog games, we have a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing, starting with Cyberpunk. All right, Jordan, take it away. What what you been doing? Oh, um, yeah. Like actually, I, no. I, actually, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Avery should go. Avery yeah, should go. Avery. Yeah, because you've both been playing Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am essentially one weekend away from beating it. I have pretty much done every gig. I have pretty much purchased all the co- here's the thing i'm playing this game to get the platinum trophy so i'm once again 100 it this time on playstation because i did everything i need to do for on pc but i'm doing it again now and i'm playing it on console uh yeah i'm not newly done with the game it's still gonna be a herculean effort like maybe a couple of more weeks of like me putting two to three hours into it every night to do a lot of shit uh the parts of this trophy that just aren't fun like i'm looking at you uh cars in the game and the amount of financial money it requires to buy all of them but that being mm-hmm. said i'm once again still enjoying this game it's still fantastic uh is it driving I'm, any better no the driving is still dog shit. uh Ouch. it's even more dog shit than i remember it on pc <laughs> uh which is surprising uh i'm once again in the midst of my whirlwind romance with pan am the greatest video game romance of all time uh yeah so that's where i'm that's where i'm currently living right now okay Early this year, I started a second playthrough when they had the 1.4 update, which was the official Xbox Series X, PS5 update of the game. Uh, yeah, I've been championing this game because, yeah, go go back to our Cyberpunk review. Uh, Cam came out the woodwork to talk nonsense to me about how bad experience was. Um, but remember, I was playing it on Xbox Series X. I believe, Avery, you were playing it on PC. Yeah. Like, there were only certain platforms I could play it without being And breaking. Sean was playing it on PS5. So oh, yeah, I like, am of this cast. I am the only person that played it on the PS4 because me and me and Cam played on PS4 and it was horrible. And <laughs> I I was um I I got the, the 1.6 update, which I was I, I got like to the very end of my second playthrough with the 1.4, so I was able to see the gigs appear. And there was about three. One was a rogue one, um, which had you fucking with me. I'm I'm not spoil that much, but like. One one was a rogue related gig to which you just fucking around Maelstrom again. Um, one was I've got like the the Capitan. I've got the guy's name. Um, you were fucking around with Sixth Street again. No reason, just like just some I some extra shards to look at, and you know some background behind Sixth Street. My favorite gang. Um, and the other one was like a full like side quest type thing, to which it was very much so Ghost in the Shell. Like this was a Ghost in the Shell type storyline. Full by prosthesis, not gonna go into too many details, but for the most part, the 1.6 update was only like an hour and a half. Well, that like 45 minutes to be honest. I was just fucking around, like driving around the city and testing out new guns and stuff. Um, but they did drop some of the edge runner equipment throughout the city. 
Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 had a huge resurgence after Edge Runners. It's you know charting very high on Steam, and I am a Rebecca stand. If you're not a Rebecca stand, then I'm sorry. Rebecca has not blessed your life with you knowing about who that is. Rest in peace. I like Lucy. Um, Lucy's one. Hey. Mm, I'm not, not going to relegate this. Move. Keep going, Jordan. No, no worries. Um, but yeah, like I got back into Cyberpunk, and I, I am full speed ahead about killing Adam Smasher again, man. And I have, like, I like, I have like a little save before I go against them, so I can kill them every fucking time. Because goddamn, did that game um, give me more energy into that universe again? And I'm very excited to see the new update to it. Um, and yeah, you know, once again, to if you don't know, like Cyberpunk is a brainchild of a black man. This universe, Mike Pondsmith or something like that. Mike Pondsmith. So I'm yep. just, I'm super happy. It, it deserved every criticism got at the beginning, but I'm happy people are re-recognizing it mm-hmm. as being an excellent uh, RPG, story-driven first-person um, shooter sim. So yeah, I'm just loving the game. And if you were burnt by it in the past. Please give it another chance. I, as a person who uh, was very much so burnt by this game, I am happy that people are finding their way back to the game and the game is having a rebirth sort of like No Man's Sky. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I get it, but like them releasing this update and pretty much cutting and running and I think the next game they're going to do is going to be a Witcher game. They're not going to... There might be a sequel of Cyberpunk, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. They, they, they don't want to abandon the universe. The next big thing is a story DLC. That's the next big thing. Yeah, I, I think now. that's the but last then, thing. But then, yeah, then, then they're ending it, correct. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think it's cool. I think it's good to end this game on a good note, just for the mm-hmm. sake of, you know, the development hours that went into this game and, like, you know, Mike Pondsmith, all that stuff. Um, For me, I think it's growth that I am happy for this game instead of you know being in the same mental state that i was when i i okay backstory i didn't finish cyberpunk 2077 like my save is literally in the middle of the last mission of the game because i was also with pan am so i did the whole like uh tank thing with her yeah got out of the tank (laughs) and then did that last like that next like no no is it okay i did the the next like little bunch of enemies and then i just turned the game off because i was like so you pretty much skeeted fought your way out and then never played again you're a terrible <laughs> hey the suffering that i went through to get to that point sean <laughs> but yeah like uh, you know overall i say all this just say like you know, i'm happy that this game is in a better state and like i think i'll be interested <sighs> i mean we know like witcher the next Witcher game is going to sell and people are going to forget about cyberpunk because witcher and cyberpunk have almost no crossover in terms of the Venn diagram of the kind of game it is. So it'll be fine. So, yeah. Um, all right, Jordan, what else have you been playing? I've been playing Prodeus, which is like basically a Doom clone. Like, it's like, as if you would say, we have Doom at home. Wait, 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 wait. Jordan, Jordan, do they say the word Prodeus in the game? No. Is it Prodeus? Because like, if, it's, if it's a Doom-like game and it's aping a Doom aesthetic, I'm assuming it's using Pro and Deus as in like God. So it would be pro deus, but my nomenclature is not right with that word. It's one of those words that like I get wrong all the time. So let's not even litigate how this name is pronounced. You guys are correct. Moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's right. I mean, like, yeah, like I, I struggle with it too. You know, like, if, if you my dumb brain said pro deus, so you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like it's like it's like we have Doom at home, but if you made Doom at home with Waco beef, 
Like it is a very, very competent Doom clone that takes I, all of the, the there's like this new thing going around that's gonna be aging us. It's called a boomer shooter. Like these new shooters coming out that are harping off the Duke Nukem Doom Half-Life yeah. aesthetic and like uprising yesterday. Yeah, like it's been an early access about a year and a half right now. Oh, I came out early access back in 2020. It just hit Game Pass and I've been playing a lot of it. Like it's like it has possibly one of the most satisfying shotguns I've played in a long time. I like a good sound of shotgun. This is a good fucking sound of shotgun. Okay, you know, just okay. you want to you want to like fight shotguns. people with the shotgun. And yeah, <laughs> I don't you need just, to judge of that. <laughs> like story doesn't matter. You're just going around just killing demons and this, you know, techno sci-fi bullshit. And yeah, if it comes out on PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Extra, yeah, like I, I want a lot of people to play this game. It's super fun. It's a super fun. Okay. Not too many people like it was crowdsourced and all that. Not too many people um, uh, worked on it. Like a, mm-hmm. a, a very, very impressive game. I just beat uh, God of War. Like this was hey. back in August. Uh, yeah, no, loved every second of it. Buying God of War Ragnarok day one. The moment Kratos had to pop the trunk. And bring out the old blaze of chaos, and he was like, like "Oh, were you the, the one who was refusing to play it at first? No, I wasn't refusing to play it. I, I told you guys I want to play it in the right settings. I waited so long. I knew the PS5 was coming out. I knew we were going to update it visually. I had discipline, and it paid off. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful sounding. I'm giving the game praise. I'm giving I bet the game Jordan praise. Is, is into You've edging as well. Already scolding me for it. I already been whipped by this group for not playing it. I played it. Best games ever. First day digital hey, purchase, seventy dollars. I mean, gang. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gang affiliated anywhere. Here. <laughs> I am not gang gang. I do not gang bang. Press X. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I I love the quasi open world linear, you know, tight storytelling, zero low times, all of it. Like I looked over your review again, and yeah, you know, spade, aces across the board. And yeah, God of War Ragnarok is, you know, of course, right the Elden Ring game year contender before it even comes out. And yeah. um, lastly, I played Chorus. Um, I think Chorus is like maybe 10 bucks on PlayStation. It's a very, very cheap game. About like a 20-hour experience of like an arcade um, shooting flight, you know, like action. Mm-hmm. I-, I talked about this last time. Very, it's very... It's Chorus with a V instead of a U. With a V, yeah. Correct. I, I thought about this last time, and yeah, just a super fun week. Like, you probably beat it in, like, a weekend or so. Um, like, you know, action uh, fighter jet game, but in space. So, yeah. Mm. That was, that Shout was out to fun. Steam spelling it with a U, and then the marketing, like, graphics has a V in it. That's weird. Well, I mean, when people type it, they're going to spell it out chorus. It's just a stylized yeah. V. It's mm-hmm. a stylized U. So, I mean. Yeah, no, know. I just, I just. It would it's never weird. get fucking found if they actually spelled it with a V. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, just the, it's just smart marketing. The coolest moments of the game is like taking out capital ships with like subsystems and stuff and watching them blow up. Very, very Ooh. beautiful game. Like okay. Okay. excellent explosions. <laughs> That's how that it works. All right. So um I have been playing like a dragon here and there, and I came back to this game and God, this game is great. Oh my god, this game is just... I feel like I've gotten to the point... I'm in chapter 6. I'm almost in the middle of the game or something like that. I have my four characters. I think there's going to be more characters that join your team. Mm -hmm. But I've been having such a great time in this game where I just haven't found a flaw to be like, man, 
this one thing in this game sucks. Like I just got into the real estate stuff. Like I got my own, like the, what is it? Ichiban confections or something like my first business. And it's just like, it just keeps opening up with things you can do. I got the ability to change my classes. And if you don't know about me, Hey, I'm DJ, AKA sexy, bad choices, AKA I was a break dancer. Uh, you can change your job to be a break dancer in this game. Your job, basically your class. I just unlocked windmills, bro. I am doing windmills for massive damage. This is great. <laughs> this game is game of the year in 2022 for me. This is crazy. Mm. I continue to enjoy this game. I, as it is right now, I don't know how. I have no idea how this game is going to get less great. Yeah, I said less great. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm loving this game. If you've downloaded this game because it was on PlayStation Plus a couple months ago and you haven't played it, you're an idiot. Punch yourself in the face. Yes. Record it. Uh, send it to our Instagram so we can like it and shame you as well. And then take another picture of yourself <laughs> playing the game because that's what you have to do. That's the follow up. So do those two things. And then like, subscribe. and. Sh- <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean, what you been getting into? I beat Yakuza Zero. I so wanted the Platinum, but I'm not replaying that shit on Legend. That's, that's just <laughs> oh, you have to replay the Platinum. Yeah, is Legend uh, like the harder difficulty or yeah. something? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think you carry over anything from your previous gameplay. So I'm just like, I love yes. it, but uh, there's other games. Yeah, those boss fights me pretty, pretty sweaty. Yeah. Um, I'm loving the melodrama of the series. I am, as I said once before, I'm upset that I missed this the first time around. But this may be right up under Grand Theft Auto for my favorite like franchise slash series. And I'm only on the second wow. game okay. chronologically. I'm just Yeah. Yeah. I just like the wacky shit that's happening. Just brothers just rolling up on you, just talking shit like I'm in Kiwami now. And it's funny, I think it's like 17 years later, chronologically from zero, and mm-hmm. everybody's scamming. <laughs> Everybody's just scamming in the fucking city. <laughs> they have dudes that bump into you and it's like, oh, you hurt my shoulder. I'm going to need some money for that hospital bill. 20000 to cover it. And it's like, yep, I'm not paying you. <laughs> Another dude acts like you stepped on his uh, contact lens and it, it's special import from Germany. Like, I'm not paying that shit. And you beat his ass. And somebody's like, yo, that guy scammed me too. And you go back around the corner, like eventually, yeah. and you step people. on this shit again. And he's like, he did, he's not looking at you the first time. He's like, yo, you just broke my contact lenses from France. He's like, yo, I thought they were from Germany. Ha! Huh, it's you again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, one girl was getting like, uh, I guess, harassed by a drunk dude, and you go to save her. And she's like, oh my god, thank you so much. Let me treat you to a drink. And they bring you to this bar, and apparently they're trying to get you drunk and drugged up so they can rob, like, every fucking body scamming in the city. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so here, here's my question. As a person who has just experienced Yakuza with Like a Dragon, mm-hmm. for me, it does, like, it's, it's at a level of a masterpiece when it just tackles, like, just everyday problems. Mm-hmm. Is that a wacky. thing that it's is still wacky. It, wacky? it is wacky, but like, I feel like for as long as I've played uh, Yakuza, like yeah. all the characters they have, like I guess the characters that you're doing like quests and stuff with, mm-hmm. or even the side quests, it's just like, oh man, this is like really fascinating and like interesting. Like 
these people feel like lived in like even though it, it, it very much so is yeah, um, like is there another kind of series that does this kind of portrayal of character grand theft auto maybe but you don't have this many involved side quests yeah like you grand theft auto side quests are more of a one and done thing this has you hopping from here to here to here to actually follow up with the people and um, I, I wonder i wonder if it's because hey i live in america so like the character portrayal in grand theft auto feels kind of more wacky to me because like i live in america so it's just like oh i can kind of see like where they're going with that versus like i'm not japanese i've never lived in japan i don't know the typical day-to-day to be like oh haha that's funny this is this is just a like uh, no, it's yeah. not. It's not strictly Japanese humor. I'm sure it's there if you know where to look. But this is generalized humor. Because there are certain yeah. things that I look at. I'm like, this feels very American to me. But it's fine. Um, well, I mean, like I would laugh out loud when it would involve a storyline to which Kudu like learns something or it has mm-hmm. a message to it, and that like mm-hmm. melancholy music comes on of like, oh yeah. man, maybe if I didn't judge a dominatrix. I would have been a better person. Like that shit is wacky <laughs> to me. Like there's too many missions. Like yeah, that. I, I forgot about that <laughs> mission. There's one mission where you're helping a dominatrix become a better dominatrix because she's too mm-hmm. shy and reserved. And he's I like, oh, you got to treat people like children shit. and dominatrixes in the same evening. He's the greatest person. <laughs> so actually, this is a question to Jordan because you've played you've played both Like a Dragon and Yakuza Zero. No, 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 no. I played Zero, Kawame, and Kawame too. I haven't played Like a Dragon yet. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm the only one that's playing Like a Oh, I thought you mm-hmm. played like a dragon. No. So, because as it is right now, for how far I've gotten in like a dragon, it feels more. I mean, they. No, I'm going to go ahead and say it. it feels more. I guess realistic in terms of the um, like story and like character stuff that I'm like going with. It's like the main character Kasuga. He feels like a hero character, but. Yeah. Like, for example, you talking about like the whole dominatrix thing, like the craziest thing that I've had happen so far has been the uh, thing that I talked about in our chat about I was outside of a building, heard mm-hmm. crying inside, was talking to a guy. He was like, oh, you hear the baby crying? And we're like, yeah. So we go get milk because we think that there is a mom in there who having a hard time with their baby. So we're being nice by giving them milk. We get the milk. We go inside. We realize that it's like three adult babies. And like it's just it's a whole thing that's happening up there, and then we kind of interrupt them. They get mad, they fight us. We win, of course, because you know I'm the G. And then we end up drinking the milk together or whatever. And the adult baby guy talks to Mm -hmm. the guy that I was talking about about like being a good person and so on and so forth. Like it, it's kind of crazy. All the wackiness is in the side quests. You don't have to experience any of it if you want to stay serious route and just do the main quest but you're not gonna grow your character so to speak as far as yeah, skills exactly. and what have you yeah, yeah in, right, ter- right. in terms of that main story thread i mean it's still a dramatized and romanticized mm-hmm. version of yakuza because yakuza like yeah kind of doesn't really exist anymore like japan took care of that back in the 90s a lot of hardcore they, they don't sorry. openly exist not in the manner that they used to yeah but like there's like, still this- very much a thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's still like old dudes running around, but like there, there's like a huge crackdown and stuff like straight up shootouts and shit. But the Yakuza world has like this fantasized version of Yakuza, like, yeah. you know, like they're super powerful they're in politics and stuff like that. It's like, 
Yes. I mean, it's it's like a it's like time story, you know. Yeah, and I guess that's another reason why they're going forward are gonna they're gonna go with like a dragon versus yakuza as their yeah all right um yeah i think uh i think that's it i think we, we've covered all the game oh no no we didn't no we didn't no we didn't sean what is this lucky luna oh so i've been playing netflix games um how I did just... you not you, what what this, we should have led with you playing netflix games what what <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I come across articles every now and then, and apparently, you know, they said this was a good game. This is a platformer without jumping. Um, I feel like you're lying to us. <laughs> all Netflix games are on mobile, and pretty much this has a nice aesthetic. Um, I haven't. I'll, I've only played like two or three levels, but you are the gameplay is simplistic. You're literally just dragging your character left and right, but there are timing things that you have to do you know there are obstacles and 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 uh i'm i'm losing the word i'm trying to think of but um it's no different than mario but you're not jumping for lack of a better word so uh it looks like you have power-ups you have coins or little dots to collect but there are spikes slamming down on the ground and things shooting out and what have you it's just that you're not jumping you're falling and interesting yeah, you're following this fox around. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the fox, but um, there's literally no j- jumping in this game. You're falling and you're controlling a character. So is this like um, it's not it's not Enter the Gungeon? What's that other game where you're falling down and shooting downwards? Downwell? Is it? Yeah, downwell. Yeah, is it like that where it's just? Well, I guess no, because it seems there like is no shooting. This this little and it looks like a little. Uh, I'm not gonna say black girl, but it's a brown person. Okay, that's what's up. And um, like there's there's hazards, caterpillars yeah. and spikes and all types of wild stuff. And you're collecting nice. dots. I don't know what you. I feel like you can buy something with the dots, but they have challenges in each stage. And it has a a mechanic kind of like I really hate to say this Souls like, where if you die, you lose a portion of your dots, and if you don't make it back to get them, you lose those permanently. Okay, is this been challenging for what um, you've played so far? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I didn't um, 100% everything so far, but yeah. of course, I'm mainlining Yakuza right now. So, I mean, I, I've yeah. only played a few levels of this, but it's been entertaining. I would check it out. If you have a Netflix account, they have a couple of games. There's also another thing I play on there called, I don't Come even on, remember. Person? What are you doing? Yeah, it, no, it's, it's, it's actually challenging, DJ. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't suck. It's actually challenging. <laughs> um point p yeah they they have a few decent games on there which is kind of surprising huh. uh more compelling than anything stadia has put out no ouch <laughs> he can say that he owns stadia You're right <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I, I i would uh, definitely check it out i mean if you have a netflix account all of these are available to you just log so in you have to app. have the the mobile app to get these games is that how that works like how do you how do you get this game you can find them through the app store as well as if you're scrolling through netflix on mobile it actually has a gaming tab and it'll bring you to the download page for that game oh wow i did not know that okay cool. so check out my uh, netflix app i'm I'm not gonna say it costs nothing but i mean it costs nothing if you already have a a, you know a netflix account yeah check it out yeah check it out if you've watched cyberpunk 2070 uh, no i guess cyberpunk edge runner then you can play lucky loon (laughs) yeah all right uh i think that is it for the uh for the games we have been playing and now no there's nothing else (laughs) 
All right. Well, that has been our podcast. We hope you enjoyed uh, listening slash watching us as we enjoyed being watched and listened to. Please, that's don't take that kinky. That's just you know, it's 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 it's, it's what YouTube is. Um, if you missed any details, you can find all that and more on our website at pressx number two start dot com. If you would do the pleasure, please, please like this video. Please hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell. If you are listening, please leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that on the podcast service you are currently listening to. Um, again, you know, our website at pressx2start.com. You know, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. But, you know, it's kind of a Man. kind of a hold hold there. We're on YouTube. Oh, you know what? Speaking of YouTube. We are at 104 subscribers. We greatly appreciate that. I kind of feel like you guys just kind of stop subscribing after we hit the, the 100 mark. But remember, when we, when we hit that, I was like, the next thing is going to be a million. So I'm going to need you guys to keep it up. I'm going to reach out to my contacts in North Korea. They'll subscribe. Well, <laughs> North Korea? Wait, do we want for that? Le- for legal reasons, what Sean is saying is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Avery. Since <laughs> we don't I, got Cam and Douglas on, I mean, Avery like, has to be our legal representation. I mean, <laughs> what we what we don't need is this audio being flagged of us having North Korean ties, and then have yeah. I don't know the NSA decide that we need to start listening to this podcast, and then prosecuting <laughs> hey, all the illegal shit that Sean does. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> It, it'll be a problem because it's going to be more than one person listening. So, you know, if they subscribe or like the podcast, it kind of might work out. Mine is the whole prosecuting shot. <laughs> hey, I'm willing to go to jail for 10 years just like here you for the podcast. It's fine. I'm just saying, I love Sean, but I will throw this man under the bus. In the- <laughs> oh, shit. If it's a local and state situation, I have his back. But if it's a federal situation, I'm throwing you under the bus. You trying to get some Rico charges? <laughs> oh man, we are funny. Um, yeah, you know we're we're Press X Start podcast. Until next time, where we talk about more games. You be safe. You have fun. You continue playing the games, and you wash your hands because COVID is not done with you or us. No, you with you. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs>